back. You're listening to Those Trans Guys Podcast, a podcast focused on everyday education and experiences about trans men. Hello, and welcome back to a new episode of Those Trans Guys. Welcome to February. I can't believe I'm saying that. The month of January just flew by. Thanks for being patient with us. We took a small little hiatus, and uh, we're back again. So welcome back. I'm joined again by my co-host, Aiden. Say hi, Aiden. Hey, guys. Welcome back. We hope you had a good January. We've been a bit busier than usual, so that's why we haven't had as much time to do the podcast. And we thought if we want to put time into anything, we should at least do the job right, right? Correct. Um, So how about you tell us, or I guess the listeners, about our topic this week? Yeah, this week we're going to be discussing the changes trans men go through when they start on testosterone. These changes can be both mental and physical. That's not to say all trans guys go through this, but from research and talking to different individuals throughout our lifetime, these different changes seem to be more prominent than not. For sure. I think that everyone's experiences and journeys and I guess expectations are different. So when we notice changes in signs, it really varies from person to person. It's all based on your hormone levels, you know, how your body takes in the hormones, etc. They say roughly three to six months, you notice a small and subtle changes. And then more and more over time, kind of the rest fall into place. I mean, you're always kind of changing and experiencing new um, changes and some more noticeable than others. Some are more slow and gradual. So it all depends on the person and the individual. Yeah, you're right. Everyone is different. So the three to six months may vary for some people. It could be two to five, four to seven, or five to eight months, and so on. But what we're trying to say is the journey and experience is different for most people. For for myself, it was definitely around the five to eight month mark when I really started noticing changes. Definitely a lot slower than most people I know, but those changes were definitely something that I never thought was possible in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, like we said, it, it varies from person to person. And for me, I noticed a few early on and not super early, but enough like two to four weeks, sort of. I noticed a little bit about my voice and my face a little bit. Um, the more kind of I told people and, and was facing them every single week, I guess they noticed more, more changes themselves. So I did keep some videos and fo- and uh, oh, sorry, yeah, videos, voice clips, and some photos to kind of see how much my voice changed because that was one I was really excited about. Um, and then I noticed more on like one to four months was when it was like more subtle and obvious changes. So it was slow. It wasn't super slow, but slow enough that I could catch up and I was on a, a good dose that I could kind of take my time and ease into it and as well as my family and friends as well. So it does depend on your dose and in the beginning, they start you off with a balance for your hormones and your levels to see which is good and not too much and not too little and kind of what your body is tolerating and, and not to damage any of your, you know, in your, any of your body and your parts. So, but I think for me, I noticed the most obvious few changes was my voice and my face followed by like body and stuff was the next one. So, but it was exciting because I did have a high pitch voice. So hearing my voice change a little bit was, it was fun. It was interesting. And I definitely kept track of that because I was curious for, you know, my future self, kind of how it all worked out. Yeah, definitely, for sure. I know what you mean. And it's definitely a good way to keep track if you want to, you know, how, know how far you've gone. And doing voice clips every month and taking photos along the way is probably one of the things that a lot of trans guys do in the beginning of their journey because they really want to know, like, five years down the road the difference and you know how far they've come so just maybe try storing your voice clips or your videos in a hard drive or like a um like an online storage and you can pull it out whenever you want just to you know reference and i'm sure if you look hard enough you can find something out there that has a lot of you know, storage. And I'm pretty sure you're going to need it because over the years, a lot of stuff will compile up and you'll probably be taking photos of things that you didn't even know you wanted to take photos of. So in the end, you have like over 2K or 3K 
photos, and that's quite a bit. So, yeah, um, I did that myself as well, and now I am f- over six years on testosterone, and my voice has definitely, I guess, it's gotten a little bit deeper, but not as deep as I thought it would have gone. Um, I mean, like it's still kind of dropping, but not you know as obvious now. It's kind of more subtle. And looking back now, it's crazy to listen to the videos and seeing the progress that I've made. And I know a lot of people out there want to do the same as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think for each person, it it definitely varies. But I know a lot of the people I meet or even see online definitely like to just keep track because a lot of us start with a higher voice and we start with more feminine characteristics. So those documentations are helpful and just makes you really realize that this journey was right for you. So, um, but I would say that one big struggle is the mental part. I know for me, if I didn't have a low voice or muscles or so-called pass, which is a term that many trans people use, then I struggled more with my daily life. And passing is a more commonly term or a known term as fitting in for a man or a woman in society and blending in in a cis person kind of world. So passing, excuse me, passing is a more, coming across like you're a male or a female and no one really quite knows that you're actually trans. So you fit in well, you blend in well, no one really questions it. But when you are new on your transition, you don't pass. And I think that causes a lot of issues and mental struggles for trans people. But as soon as you get to a certain point in your transition, passing comes into play where you blend in well, your voice is kind of deep, you have a bit of muscle, you might have a bit of a flatter chest, things like that. So that's where passing comes in with that. So um, so they do whatever they can to pass from baggy clothes to working out to the hormones, etc. So you see yourself in the mirror and you aren't as manly as you'd like, and that play a big that can play a really big toll on your mental health. You kind of see what you want to look like, and if it doesn't match, then it really, really affects a lot of us. I'm not speaking for everyone, but I'm pretty sure I'd say 99% of the trans people would say that. It definitely affects us, especially when you're new on hormones. I mean, it is exciting when your voice starts to change, but it's still hard because you don't quite necessarily pass quite yet until further along. The physical ties in with this as well, and it's a bit of a struggle. So they don't have the access to healthcare or to hormones right away, and it affects them for sure. So how did your struggle go, Aiden? Oh, dude, it was it was pretty hard in the beginning. I agree 100% with everything that you said, especially the passing part and going out into public and pretty much having everyone look at you uh, as a specific gender when inside you feel like a completely different gender and people just constantly um, throwing pronouns at you that don't correlate with how you identify. It's not a good time at all, especially if there are people out there that aren't supportive of you and people who you thought you were close with. And that really sucks. So yeah, the mental struggle is definitely something that takes a toll on you over time and the first couple of months after starting tea it was it was hard and it was terrible I guess you could say and the dread that I would feel whenever leaving my house was it it just wouldn't work like I wouldn't even want to go into work because I would have customers misgendering me and it would cause me so much dysphoria and anxiety it it was just a, a really bad year overall. And after the first couple of um, months, it it got a little bit better, like around the five-month mark. That was when my voice started dropping a little bit. And I started to become a little bit more, I guess, quote-unquote, manly. And yeah, people started to... Um, refer to me with as male pronouns. And it was... Like the first time that it happened, it felt like a like a life changing a miracle because I never thought it was it was possible. But yeah, over time, uh, the changes became more and more prominent, and we'll get into that later. But like my voice was pretty high before, and I have voice clips of it now. Like listening to it, it's just crazy the difference how far I've come, and. Yeah, so the situation that we're dealt is not uh, ideal sometimes. Like, before starting testosterone, it could 
you know, it's really hard going out into public and talking to people and having them see us in a certain way and us not, you know, correlating with that certain way. So it's just like a big struggle. And then once you start testosterone, the um, the changes start coming and it's just like a timeline where you're you're watching it. And like I said, it's a lot better if you film it and you record it because you actually see it in real time. And other people see it too, like your friends and family, they start noticing the changes and they start complimenting you and they start saying things like, oh, hey, your voice got deeper or, oh, you look different. Like you look buff now, like all these things. It's, it's crazy how it, like these little comments kind of add up over time. And it's just how testosterone just made that big of a difference. So like in the beginning, definitely there was a struggle, but over time, I guess you could say it, it was like, like a miracle how, how I went from one person to like a different person look wise, you know? So yeah, I guess that's how my struggle is. Yeah, I know how you felt for sure. I mean, I had a really high voice, curvy body. It gives me shivers when I think about it. I just don't like how I used to look. The worst part, I think, was when I was newly on tea and I was still working in a care home. I had to wear scrubs that were not necessarily baggy. And it was really frustrating for me because, I mean, a lot of the people there were pretty supportive and open-minded, but I still didn't feel good and I didn't feel comfortable. And I tried really hard to wear the baggy ones, but a lot of the time I didn't have enough of them to keep up with the workload. So I'd have to wear a tighter one sometimes, and it was really not fair. Um, and I just had to find a way around it. So it was frustrating. And even out in public too, I didn't like showering or getting ready to go into public because I had to look at myself in the mirror. And I slowly had to buy more clothes to adapt to it, but it wasn't easy. And I'd say the hardest part was the summer for quite a few months until I had surgery. But for me, I just had to look at YouTube and it was very helpful. But a lot of the time, there's a lot of things I missed out information-wise that I wish I had known. And YouTube is great, but there's a lot of things I missed out on fact-wise and information-wise that were that was that knowledge that I needed at that time that I didn't have. So I think that's another reason why I think so highly about this podcast, because we're helping people on things that we didn't get a chance to really learn about. And this is one of them that I think will help a lot of people out there. Same with all the terms we kind of talk about, all the topics we talk about. And that's why we need feedback and comments to, to go off of because we want to hear people's feedback. We want to know if we're missing something or if we're, you know, talking too much about one thing and not another. So that's why back then, if I had had this kind of information, I would have been great, but I didn't. So that's why I'm so happy to be doing this podcast because it's going to really benefit people out there. So it's, it's good for sure. So yeah, my struggle was not easy <laughs> and I look back and I'm like, wow, <laughs> but I look back and say also like, wow, I've come a long way. Like this is who I'm becoming and who I want to be. And I'm proud of how far I've come because then it was hard. It was a challenge. And don't get me wrong. I was fighting with, you know, fitting with the family and trying to be me, but also trying to make them happy too. So it was a constant struggle until much later along, I was able to say, no, I don't want to be that anymore. This is who I am. Like, and that was my focus. And then it got easier and easier. Yeah, dude, I 100% feel you. It's definitely a struggle when people aren't supportive of you and when you don't have the right resources to you know go to. And I think it's really great that we're doing this podcast because like you said, these resources and these things weren't available to us before. And we totally wish that it was something that we could you know look to and search for. But at the time, I guess it wasn't as easy to find on the internet. And yeah, but I guess YouTube definitely really helped. Like Peyton said, there was like a, like a whole community on there and it's very open-minded. And I guess like now in the generation that we're in, you could totally look to YouTube and look up any topic you're looking for. And the amount of videos that would pop up would be crazy. Like it could give you so much information, but we want to get the information. Like we want to basically narrow everything down and just give you the best information possible, which is why we're doing this podcast. So yeah, it's, it's crazy how there's always like, a good community and a bad community like YouTube there's always like the bad community to YouTube so if you look on like find certain things that 
are not what you're looking for, it could lead you down a very, very bad hole. And I don't think anyone wants to go down that hole. But if it's like a good side of the community, of the like the LGBT community from YouTube, then it could lead you down another hole, which is like a positive hole. I don't know why I'm using holes as references, but what I'm trying to say is there's like a good and bad side to everything and the amount of resources out there, it can really help nowadays. And we want to help kind of like guide you and support you with those resources. Exactly. And I'm assuming that you also had hard struggles back then too with the summer or just in general. Oh, oh yeah. True, dude. A hundred percent. The summers were, Probably the hardest months to get through because they forced me to pretty much like be outside in the heat and I would basically be enduring through hating my body while being self-conscious in like 30 degree weather and Celsius. But it was it was definitely hell, I you could say, and I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. So yeah, you could definitely call it a struggle. And I guess I could definitely see certain testosterone change everything for me, but if that's out of the pic, but that's like out of the picture right now, I would start by letting people closest to you know the situation so you have a good support system. Like, for example, if you're you are struggling, then like number one, good support is definitely something that that would really help. Like a good close knit circle of friends and family that are always there for you and you can pretty much like turn to them about anything like they're the kind of people that you want not the kind of people who like like don't truly care about you like they'll start drama and all that stuff so that's not the kind of people that you want in your circle you want good support and the second thing would be like once you're starting out and you're kind of confused like i know i was for the longest time um, the, a gender therapist was definitely something that really helped me. And those are usually free at your local LGBTQ-friendly uh, walk-in clinics. And they'll pretty much know who to direct you to, and the rest will pretty much be history. If you figure out, like, like who, like, pretty much what you want um, out of the gender therapist and, like, the road that you're trying to go down and the person that you want to be in the future and who you who you correlate with, like all of that you have to take into account before going to see a gender therapist because all of those questions are going to come up and you're going to have to answer them and then you're going to have to like really think. You don't want to, you know, make up these questions on the spot. <laughs> like If he's asking you one question, you don't want to be like, oh, I'm not really sure how to think about it. But but really, like if you're seeing a gender therapist, you should have like kind of thought about like what you're trying to achieve here. So I guess at the end of the day, there will be a little bit of research into it and figuring out like looking back in the past and like what led you to where you are today and you know all those kind of questions so yeah i um the gender the gender therapist will basically clarify the situation for you and will help you start on hormones if needed which usually sometimes is not the right path for people so it really depends and you have to like I guess, really know the pros and cons of testosterone, which I guess we'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, if hormones have for you, then the gender therapist will pretty much direct you to the person you're looking for and you can achieve whatever you want at the end of the day. And yeah, that's um, my rant there. How about you, Peyton? No, for sure. I think it's best to just hang in there and realize that you'll get there soon enough. Uh, I appreciate you sharing some of your struggles and also some advice too. Uh, I think that in time you will find who you can trust and rely on. And if hormones aren't for you, then there's someone else out there that can help support you. It all depends on how you feel inside. I'm not saying this is all directed to trans people. There's also some gender queer people too, or whatever identity you want to be. So um, the best thing is to try and find ways that help maintain your mental health and be happy and healthy, uh, especially on the hard days, like eating good food, exercise, music, you know, anything that makes you happy for me and i want to hear from aiden too what was the most helpful thing when you struggled and when we're new on t it wasn't so bad because we kind of already knew um that we were in the wrong bodies and when i went to public first i really struggled so i had the mentality of a man but when i was second guest it was really really hard that was probably my biggest struggle and also ones being like oh you rushed into this or 
whatever, whatever. So, um, and then the mentality was there and just the comments didn't help. So it just all mixed into just a very complex situation and being forced into something that I wasn't was also a struggle because inside I felt like this isn't who I am. But then on the outside, people are like, you know, telling me different things. And so it's hard when you're feeling like a man, but then when you're told differently, you have to suppress it. And I just couldn't deal with it anymore. And I had to speak up and hormones really do fix a lot. But I think being able to verbally say it and then finding the path that helps best guide you made it that much easier. And then the rest kind of followed after that. So some of the times I've seen a few guys not get top surgery right away because their chests are small or some do anyways, because it just causes them that much dysphoria. It all just is what makes you happy. It all varies on who it is too. And then the changes, like I said before, started a few weeks in, which was also very exciting. I didn't expect that. I was prepared to wait for weeks or months or whatever, but I was so much happier when my voice changed a little bit, my hair, little things kind of started happening to my body. And I kept track of like it pretty much daily because I was excited. And when I first noticed like the basic things, like my jaw changing and like all these things, like the muscle turning into, or the curves turning into muscle and, you know, all these things, it just was like that much more exciting because it was happening and it just was, it was great. And I just wanted to show as many photos as I could and like document as many voice clips as I could, even though it was only like a week later, but it was exciting for me because it was happening and I could see it and it wasn't just like a day-to-day thing. So it all just depends on you and how your body reacts to the hormones. No, dude, I 100%. Starting hormones definitely did wonders for me. And going back to your question, like what helped me when I was struggling, like you asked me before, I would definitely have to say at the time, um, I was going to the gym a lot. And I guess that definitely helped with my anxiety and my depression because in the beginning, of my transition, I was getting misgendered a lot. And it wasn't until the five month mark, that was when I um, was kind of like stopped being misgendered. And but pretty much like those five months, beginning of those five months, I was getting misgendered a lot. And it was just hell. So pretty much going to the gym was the only way for me to, I guess, cope with it. And it's funny that I talk about this now because um, starting testosterone, like it didn't really, at the time, like before testosterone, I was pretty depressed as well. But like even starting testosterone and even now, like I'm still pretty depressed and like going to my therapist, it's funny because they're like, oh, testosterone doesn't cure anything. You should be like getting exercise and eating healthy. So it's good that pain actually said that before because um, like you can't expect testosterone to change everything like you can't be like oh okay um, i'm really depressed i'm gonna testosterone and it's gonna change me into a man i'm gonna be so freaking happy like i'm gonna be ecstatic i'm gonna be the happiest person ever well, that's just gonna have not gonna happen unfortunately that's not gonna happen but you have to be able to put in the effort of like eating healthy and going to the gym every day and you know being active those things will make you into the man that you want to be not like starting testosterone like that that doesn't make you into a man you're already a man you just have to like you know build yourself up into that person so like i said before you can't just sit around expecting testosterone to you know make you into this person who you want to be you got to put in the effort at the end of the day and i guess like um but like i said before not everyone is in like lucky to start them right away and some never really do so whatever you decide and whatever you're happy with at the end of the day it's your decision and the person should like whoever around you in your is in the support circle, they should be okay with it as well. And as long as you're happy and you're not hurting anyone, then why not, right? But like for myself, I I got like hit with um, the bad side of testosterone in the beginning because my face was covered in acne and it was pretty much like, imagine like cheese and there are holes in the cheese uh that was pretty much my face but instead of holes it was acne it was pretty disgusting and i don't think anyone would ever want to say that and it didn't go away for maybe a year so my face was like that for a year and so my confidence was pretty much close to nothing so you would think oh testosterone um it's gonna make you so confident and all of these things but it was it was literal hell in the beginning of 
like the first year or two. But after that, it got a little bit better. And yeah, I guess you could say like that was one negative. Another one was um, I was sweating a lot and I was just like hot and sweaty all the time. And it would cause like me to have body odor and it was really disgusting. So uh, that's another uh, bad thing with testosterone, I guess you could say. Like your body constantly like sweating all the time and people looking at you like, why are you sweating in like negative five degree weather outside? Like, are you okay? Do you have to go to the doctor? Like someone actually asked me at this one time because I was on the train and I was sweating nonstop and it was snowing outside and everyone was like wrapped up in bundles but I was just like drenched in sweat, but it was really bad. Yeah, so those are some of the negatives. We'll get into like some more later, not just negatives, there are positives as well, obviously, but we'll just talk about that a little bit later on. Um, and yeah, so I guess you could say over the years, my dysphoria has definitely gotten a little bit better and testosterone has definitely done wonders for me. For sure. I also had the same kind of struggles too. Um, I was going to say like acne as well. And a bit of the mood swing sometimes was a bit rough at the beginning. Um, and also body odor, sweating. Those are like the top ones that I noticed. And I noticed that Aiden also kind of agrees with the body odor too, but the acne was pretty bad for quite some time. I took actually Accutane at the beginning because it was like, I had had acne in the past and I didn't want to have more scarring from like old past acne. So I did Accutane and that really made a difference. And now I have none. I mean, the odd time I might flare up a little bit if I'm stressed, but it's like one or two. So that's a bit nice for sure, because now that we're in mass all the time, it's like my face feels more disgusting than usual, but um, but definitely the sweating too. Like the summer was pretty rough. Like when we didn't have surgery, it was horrible. I hate, I hated summer so much. <laughs> it's different, but, but then the, the smell, like the body odor was definitely one that I wasn't quite sure how to handle. And, um, some days I'm like, wow, okay, I should put some more deodorant on. But I think like my hygiene level has definitely stayed consistent too. It's not like I shower more, but I just definitely notice it. And if I notice myself getting a bit gross or greasy, you know, then I definitely have a shower and I wash my face more often too, which makes a difference. So but those are kind of the biggest ones I noticed besides like the body muscles and stuff kind of forming themselves and the curves and stuff. That was my least favorite thing. Um, but all in all, it wasn't like horrible. It just, those are the basic things that I wasn't ready for. And then I all of a sudden had to be ready for them. So, um, but yeah, it was hard and I definitely, I'm thankful for testosterone because it has really done wonders too, like Aiden said. So it is hard, but the other thing too is it was weird sometimes when I went home to visit family and I, I hadn't adjusted to taking my shot with me when I, when I went on a trip. Um, I think it was hard to either be late or to miss a dose because of the traveling. Now I know how to handle it, but at the beginning when I was flying, I didn't know I could, I could travel with it. So I found a way to get my shot on time, but it was hard sometimes when I had to miss it or be late. So because it just made me feel like not okay with that. And there was nothing major about it, but I just felt weird by missing it or being late. So now it's okay. I'm on a more consistent kind of schedule, but when I was traveling a bit more home and going on a trip or something, it was a bit more challenging for my levels, I think at the beginning, because they were still trying to be balanced out. So that was a bit of a challenge. And, and then the mood swing too was a bit hard because I was always an emotional person. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. So when I, when I was newly on tea, like my mom and I were chatting one night and I started to cry randomly and she's like, what's wrong with you? Like, like she was helping me fix my pants or something. And I was putting the, the fabric through the needle and I started to cry and she's like, what's wrong with you? Like, and I was, I laugh now because like, I was just so emotional and she's like, okay, feel better. And like, she didn't know what to do because it's like a guy crying and it's like, yeah, it was, it was fun. So the mood swings was mostly emotional. I don't think I got super agitated so much. I think I was pretty level in that sense. Um, I never re was really an angry person. So unless something legitimately makes me upset, I think I don't really hold a grudge. Like I let it go pretty quick, but um, like my friends at work say too, like we've never seen you get mad. Like you get red in the face and then you're fine. Like you don't get mad. You just get flustered and then you're okay. So that is helpful. Um, Cause I was worried that I would get mad not because 
I didn't think I'd ever get mad, but like, I just don't like to get mad. So that was nice to not get mad. So, but other than that, I think mostly it was pretty smooth. Those are just a few things I am remembering as, as we talk throughout the podcast so far. So, um, yeah. And then that's about really all I had to say about that. Those are just a few things that came to mind. So, Hmm. Okay. So yeah, dude, thank you for sharing that. I definitely agree with what you said. And I think anyone who spent a little bit of time contemplating on starting testosterone probably has done their research already. So they probably spent a couple of years maybe waiting. And when their time finally came to start uh, start on testosterone, their well-being in everyday life probably improved significantly. And definitely taking testosterone was, like Peyton and I said, it, it was like a step forward in our lives and it's really crazy looking back now because I don't know, like if you told me six years ago that this was where I would be in life and this was like, this would be how I would look now. And this is how I would sound now. I would probably be in shock and I wouldn't really know what to say because that's kind of crazy how much testosterone can change a person. Um, But yeah, I guess we can talk about the changes um but these changes like we just gathered from a couple websites and we are gonna basically talk about it and we're gonna talk about like how it correlates back to our lives and how like if we experience these changes and if like other people have in our lives that experience these changes. So we'll try to give you like the best summary um, of these points as we can. So I'm going to start off and I'm going to ask you later, Peyton, to see if you've experienced this one change, which I'm pretty sure you have because by the way that you're talking right now, um, thickening of the vocal cords and deepening of the voice. So that definitely I noticed at around the five month mark, like, there, it, I guess like with voice dropping it goes through like increments like there are a couple stages the first drop is kind of like an octave and the second drop is like another octave and over the couple of months it takes that in like a, I guess a year and a half you could say maybe the, the second year is when like you fully drop like your voice has fully dropped to the lowest that it can get but after the two year mark I think it might possibly still suddenly drop but I'm not 100% sure like it won't be obvious as before but for me definitely like the five month mark um that's when my voice started like changing a lot how about you Peyton yeah I definitely say like three like a couple months into like six months was when I noticed the most of it and then surprisingly I looked back at a video the other day just curiously and by nine months it was super deep and then like from six months to nine months and even from like eight months to nine months Somewhere in that area, it got really, really deep. And then after a year, not too much. And now I'm almost five years. And I think this is exactly kind of how my voice is going to sound. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. Dude, I agree. It's crazy how much our voice has definitely dropped. Um, but yeah, so the second point here, um, I can't relate, but facial hair growth. I wish I could relate. But Peyton, tell them about your facial hair growth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's based on like my dad's side of the family, but um, I definitely noticed some hair coming in after a couple of weeks, a little bit like on my cheek and my chin sort of. And then after that, I started to slowly form like a little mustache. And then later on, I kind of was experimenting to see how it kind of grew into my face. So yeah, I definitely, uh, I was okay with it, but I also sometimes I, I wish I didn't have as much, but I'm okay with it. I just, I just have to keep up with shaving and stuff, but it is kind of like a blonde darky sort of beard. But, <laughs> um, it can be a little curly sometimes, which is kind of interesting. So, but yeah, I noticed it definitely by a couple months in for sure more later on, but a couple months was when I noticed a few little hairs mm-hmm. coming up to say hello. So definitely. Um, I guess like I could put in, well, like, I, I'm Asian, so I can't grow facial hair. That's probably why you guys are wondering, like, why can't I relate? But um, I, it's been, like, six years now, and only now am I starting to, like, really grow something. Um, and when I say something, I just mean, like, 
uh, little hairs here and there. Um, maybe like like a shadow, but not so much like a full-on beard. And I don't think I can ever grow a full-on beard, unfortunately, because um, no one in my family can. Uh, but I guess maybe over the years, we'll see how it goes and maybe something will happen and, you know, a miracle or something and I'll actually grow a beard. But uh, yeah, I don't think I can for now. So that's the second point, facial hair growth mustache and beard growth so Peyton can relate to both um so now the third i'm pretty sure uh this can like everyone all trans men can correlate with this increase in appetite um like when i first started testosterone it didn't really hit me until the three month mark that i was really 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 hungry and my stomach felt like like an endless bod an endless pit, pretty much. And no matter how much food I consumed, I just wouldn't be full. And I wouldn't gain any weight either. So I don't know what was wrong with me. I just kept eating and eating and eating. And it wouldn't even be like the healthiest food either. I would just keep eating. And to put into perspective, this one night, I remember having like, like a large bowl of pasta and a chicken sandwich and ice cream cake and some muffins and some brownies and a bag of chips and a hot dog and i think some more cake but i was still really hungry after that so yeah my increase in appetite was through the roof and it didn't stop until maybe the year and a half mark so i just kept eating for basically like a couple months so yeah that was me how about you peyton Definitely. Like when I was still at my mom's house, I ate a lot and she was like, well, what's wrong with you? Like, and she wasn't used to it because all of a sudden I went from like not eating a lot to like the cupboards, you know? So I, I ended up helping her with groceries because I ate so much. Like it wasn't even like all fatty food either. Sometimes it was like apples and cucumbers and bananas. And then I would go to like the chips and then I go back to the chips with cheese and then I go to a bagel and then like just so much stuff. So it definitely was more than anticipated so it was an adjustment <laughs> for her and I and even like later on too when I moved out I think I still ate a bit more than I expected so now it's like like pretty fine obviously but back then of course my body was like whoa we're hungry all of a sudden so let's just eat so mm -hmm. I definitely noticed that and even when I went out for friends like for dinner with friends and stuff I'd order like a big steak and potatoes and beans and a salad and they're like eating soup and I'm like hello just eating my steak over here Half a day, you know so yeah it was, it no was, I feel you yeah it was fun <laughs> I think that might be like partially the reason because our bodies are changing and it just wants as much nutrition as possible that could be one of the reasons why we've been eating like a whole city during yeah. that period of time <laughs> so yeah so that was like the third point we have a lot more points to go through. So the, the fourth point would be pretty much be increased body hair growth. So that kind of links back to facial hair growth. But like this body hair will more so be like on your legs, your chest, your belly, your back, your butt, maybe your arms, you know, that kind of thing. So for me, body hair growth, the most notable difference is definitely my legs. I used to pretty much like have no leg hair at all. And now I have more leg hair than anyone that I know. It's pretty weird, actually, but I'm pretty proud of it, surprisingly. So yeah, that's me. I only have leg hair um, on my body and nowhere else. So yeah, how about you, Peyton? Uh, arms were just blonde mostly. Legs was definitely a big one. Um, the back came later on, which I don't know how I feel about it yet. But anyways, uh, the belly and the chest came as well a little bit later on, like around when I had my surgery. So it kind of filled in where the scars were, which is kind of nice. But I might actually kind of trim it a little bit because I'm still not sure how I feel about it yet. It'll come back, obviously, but definitely the legs... So everything except for the arms, really, I noticed a change. So legs, chest, belly, back, and then the butt. Yeah, hopefully that's not too much information, but I noticed <laughs> definitely, and I was like, oh, my butt's hairy. So that yeah, has to do with I my dad's side, for sure. He was also kind of, and I think my brother, too, also kind of on the furry side. So, yeah. <laughs> that's noticed. always helpful. Yeah, so I definitely noticed that one. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people definitely notice like their legs the first and then their chest and then the back and the butt definitely come a little bit later down the down the years. So yeah, that's uh, body hair growth. And then we also have, this is a really, um, a, this is a point that a lot of trans men really like and they go to the gym because of the squeezing majority of the time and that's increased muscle mass. And for me, I think that was majority, like I said, the reason why I started going to the gym is because I wanted to build that muscle and uh, testosterone pretty much like helping me give that boost in order to achieve more muscle mass. That definitely helped. Like before, I was pretty scrawny, I guess you could say. Oh, actually, let's do like a weight thing. Okay, so it's not like just fat. So before, to put in comparison, I used to weigh like 115. So that's pretty little tiny but now i weigh 160 i think you could say but it's not just like all fat hopefully there's like muscle mass as well so in the beginning definitely my arms and my uh chest and my back were uh, like the notice noticeable difference was all there when i look, <laughs> when i look into the mirror it would definitely like show that I went to the gym when before if I you know went to the gym no matter what like how hard I went to the gym it I wouldn't be able to obtain muscle mass unfortunately so yeah testosterone definitely helped me in that field how about yourself Peyton for sure yeah that was one that I noticed like slowly I noticed more and more and I think like you said going to the gym more definitely helped benefit that so I was excited I wasn't like you said scrawny but I also was happy that I was gaining some muscle and and I mean, we're not the tallest people, but it helps to have a little bit of muscle in us. And, you know, I definitely put on a bit more muscle mass, like no, not much really fat, some maybe if I eat McDonald's, but um, <laughs> muscle was, was in there too. So I think I'm about 145-ish, maybe 150. So last time I checked maybe. So yeah, I definitely have noticed that, which is good. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good point. Okay, so now this one is a really negative one, and I'm pretty sure a lot of trans men um, and actually any man out there for that matter has to experience this at some point in their lives. And if they're lucky, they might not have to experience it. And that's potential hair loss. And I was actually talking to my doctor about this, and it turns out that if if you want to see if you're going bald, like if you're a trans man, and I know a lot of trans men out there have this question, like, am I going to go bald if my dad is bald? And like a lot of guys in the family are bald. But it actually turns out that's not the truth. It It's actually your mom's male side. So basically, if your mom's brother or your mom's dad, if they're bald, then you're most likely going to go bald. But if they have like a head full of hair or whatever, then you're pretty much like safe. So I think I'm pretty much good on that. Um, like my head, knock on wood, is still like decent, but I definitely noticed like a receding hairline. But I've been on T for like five years now and my receding hairline has only gone like less than an inch. So it's not like something that I'm freaking out about. I can definitely tell like over the years, um, maybe 10 years from now, I can see it like going further and further back for sure. But obviously there's like things out there that can help with that. Um, but yeah, that's like potential hair loss, unfortunately, that all males have to go through. How about you, Peyton? Have you ever experienced that yet? Not so much hair loss. I think I, like you said, a hairline receding a little bit. Uh, I kind of worry about the baldness part or like, you know, yeah, I'm not really mm -hmm. about that. But I think based on my dad's side of the family, kind of what I've been looking at, like they mostly have a pretty thick head of hair except his one brother shaved his off but other than that <laughs> he wants to be bald so that's his choice but everyone else like my dad his brother my brother like my mom's side of the family like i'm looking at both sides and not many are actually bald so that's refreshing but i know mm. the receding hairline is there but baldness i was <laughs> worried for a second but that was because he shaved it off but none of them are <laughs> are necessarily balding or have any of that hair loss. I think they all have really thick hair, which is very nice to know. So, mm -hmm. yay. For sure. I think that's something that, that's, that every male wants to know, like their family side, making sure that they never have to go bald. But yeah, um, that's another point. So we have, 
I think five or six more to go. So another one would be uh, migration of body fat to a more masculine pattern, a masculine pattern, however you spell that, pronounce that. But basically, uh, your fat deposits from your hips to your either your a tummy, like a lot of the time it goes to the tummy, or your thighs or your butt. So it won't so much be at your hips now where that body fat is. It'll just go elsewhere. Whereas, like, if you're a woman, then the body fat will pretty much, like, always be at your hips and you'll always have that curve. But over the years, you're as testosterone, it'll just, like, when you're testosterone over the years, sorry, I can't talk today, it will pretty much just, like, get rid of your curve. And I think um, at one year mark, that might be when all your curves might have gone away. That was the case for me anyway. Uh, but yeah, how about you, Peyton? Yeah, I'd say that too. Um, like I said above, and maybe a few other times, I was always curvy and I didn't like it. So to see that slowly leaving my hips was the best day of my life. One of the best days of my life. I'm not going to talk so highly about it, but it was a very exciting day and one that I was really, really ready for and excited about. So that and I think it just moving into my other parts where I can build muscle, I think that was was reassuring. So when I started going to the gym more often, it, it built into muscle less and less fat. So, but I noticed it more going from my hips elsewhere. Uh, not so much to my butt a little bit though, but hips was the biggest one where it was leaving. So very exciting. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then this one is going to be a result in acne. So basically increased activity of the skin oil glands, which causes our skin to be very, very oily. So yeah, testosterone is going to do that for you uh, for the first year or so. Maybe it might lead into the second year if you're really unlucky. But yeah, I think majority of my acne has gone away now. But it was definitely the worst it's ever been for the first two years. How about yourself? Definitely, yeah. First two years, maybe one year and a half-ish was bad. And then, like I said, I started the Accutane, which made a big difference. But I was nervous actually because I know like before I didn't want to have any scarring. So the Accutane really helped. So, but I am, I sometimes feel like I'm still oily and I think the washing my face and using some products helps, but nonetheless, like we can only do so much. And I know both of us like to use face masks, which helps, but <laughs> the way it's just part of testosterone and it's one that we have to get used to. Yeah, for sure. That's one of the negatives, no matter what. And this is also another negative. That's like increase of red blood cells. So I guess that's like more of a biology thing. <laughs> well, actually, all of this is a biology thing. But this is more so like when you go to the doctor and you get your like T levels checked, they'll most likely check for your red blood cell blood cells as well. And no matter what, if you like you're trans male, you're going to have a high level of red blood cells. And your doctor is going to tell you it, like whether it's going to be like an alarming thing and you have to do something about it, or it's just going to be like that no matter what, and there's nothing you can do. And it's normal because you're on T, and T increases red blood cells. So it's just something you're going to have to live with. So that's something that happened with me, definitely. Um, my red blood cells increased by a lot, and I thought I got kind of scared for a second. But my doctor just pretty much told me it's like all trans guys have a high level of red blood cells. And yeah, that's just um, the way it is. Have you had that problem ever, Peyton? Yeah, I think when I was still checking my blood work uh, for the first year, uh, they said to me nothing really to worry about. I was healthy and active and stuff, but just to keep it in mind and just Mm. to keep, you know, keep myself healthy. So, but that was one that I definitely was on alert to when I was newly figuring out the hormones and the levels and doing Mm -hmm. blood work and stuff. So, but he said just to keep it in mind. So not to panic. For sure. Yeah. That's good. And I guess this also links to it. So you'll have like a change in cholesterol level as well. So the good cholesterol may go down and the bad cholesterol may go up. And that's pretty unfortunate. So like we said earlier, I guess maintaining like a maintaining a good diet and drinking a lot of water and eating, you know, fruits and veggies and all that daily, that will be good. And having leafy greens and not having like a lot of red meat, you know, because 
not that we're vegan or vegetarian here, uh, because we love steak, like Peyton said before, but, you know, having a lot of it is not good for you, so which is why I cut down a lot of it now. Um, but yeah, that's something that we have to be aware of because I sound like a doctor right now. Um, it's something that um, is, well, not is, it will happen if you have like a really bad diet. So yeah, how about, has, have you ever had that happen to you? You sound like Dr. Eden. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do like our steaks, but I think like lately I've been trying to eat more healthy and less meat. And I mean, sometimes I do crave like a burger and stuff, but I know like my mom always said to me like fish and chicken are good and like tofu, like we both eat and <laughs> fish and stuff is actually really good. Like tuna, salmon, you know, those kind of things. So um, that's good for you and less about the red meat. So um, it's, it was an adjustment, of course, as it always is. We're learning what is good and what isn't good, what our body likes, etc. So, um, I mean, I've always been healthy, but I still keep in mind that stuff and eat really well and just avoid eating a lot of crappy, fatty food, which is hard sometimes. But um, sometimes it's nice to have a treat. But I definitely keep that in mind because I want to be healthy and live a good life. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's definitely something that we all have to keep in mind when we're on testosterone because there's always like negatives and positives to everything, like we said before. And this next one is going to be a negative, I guess you could say. So a scent um, of body odor, so like BO, and basically um, your color, your, your pee color changes, <laughs> apparently. I haven't really noticed that difference uh, myself, but definitely the body odor, like your, that's why I have to apply like deodorant a lot nowadays when before i could just like just do one you know one dab or whatever it's called and that's pretty much it but now i have to do like 10 dabs of deodorant and it just makes me smell like so much better but it's just that self-caution nowadays when before i didn't even have to be like that self-cautious about it but definitely um body odor changes uh yeah how about you peyton yeah definitely body odors do the urine um maybe a little bit at the beginning but nothing drastic like it was very subtle i wouldn't say it was like totally different from before but it was a little bit of a notice of how it all was going so i don't know how else to say it but um <laughs> like the way i peed i guess sorry if it's tmi no. <laughs> but um the body body odors for sure like i did shower a bit more often and use some more products and stuff and I definitely put more deodorant on more than usual and that it makes a difference especially in the summer and stuff too. So, but I think going to the gym was when I noticed it the most because we work out and stuff, but then I'd always try and have a shower and get clean, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, for sure. The gym is definitely a place that we need to be applying deodorant because we're not, everyone's going to be giving us some pretty bad stares. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, that's uh, another one. So then we, uh, this is a good one, I guess you could say. So you stop menstruating basically around the six-month mark? Well, that was how it was for me. So you pretty much just stop altogether. And um, I'm not sure when it – well, when you stop your shot, it will come back over time. But it technically does stop and until you get your um, hysterectomy. That's when it fully will no longer – um, you will no longer lead it. And then that's when you can get bottom surgery. And you can't get bottom surgery unless you get a hysterectomy, unfortunately. So yeah, that's how it goes. And yeah, that was, it all stopped at around the five, six month mark. How about yourself? Yeah, definitely about five-ish, I think to six as well. So it was very exciting because it's weird when you're a guy and this happens to you. So um, <laughs> it was it was triggering. So yeah, it was it was a good feeling, and um, even like later on, I noticed it kind of was like very very faint, but it was like just on its way out. So it was exciting for it to be finally leaving. But I'd say five to six months was when it totally ended, and there might have been like a little bit after, but nothing, nothing really. So, but I know that the surgery is something that I want to get one day, and it'll make a big difference. So for sure. Yeah, that uh, that surgery definitely has its uh, ups and downs. And I guess we can discuss surgeries later on in a different topic because that's a completely different 
a chapter of its own and there's so much you can talk about. Um, but yeah, so we have last two points. Uh, I've said we had six before, but it looks like we had a lot more. But yeah, these are finally the last two points. And uh, this point is um, something that we both experienced a lot in the beginning, I guess. I guess. It's increased in sex drive and um, something that I used to tell my friends when they asked me like how I'm doing, I would say that I'm hot, hungry, and the third H word, which I will not say because it's inappropriate, well, not inappropriate, but um, in case, you know, children listen to this podcast. But yeah, those are the three things that um, I was all the time. And it was the three H's actually. And it didn't go away. And to this day, I guess it still doesn't really go away. But it, you just like it just levels out over time and but in the beginning maybe the first year to two years that's when it that's when you really notice it especially if you're like in a relationship um because that's pretty much like what you're doing all the time now so yeah that's definitely something i noticed um how about yourself peyton yeah definitely noticed it and it's hard to ignore it so <laughs> um yeah, definitely. I think about six months to a year, it got definitely more obvious. So, and when you <laughs> was, when you weren't in a relationship, it was a big struggle. And then when you were, it's like they weren't wanting it, and you're like, "Well, geez, like, come on." So, mm-hmm. I feel you, hundred <laughs> percent. But it is very nice to kind of know how guys feel. Now I, I totally understand how they feel. Because <laughs> uh, now you know how you, how it feels for it's sure. Struggle. It's a struggle. I, I totally get it. Now I'm not like. I can understand where they're coming from. I'm not like, oh, that guy's just, you know, whatever. But it's like, I get it now. I feel you. <laughs> you know, For sure, bro. And then there's a last point. And this one is, I guess it's like a negative and a positive one. So emotional changes. Uh, so shortness of temper, quick to anger, that kind of thing. Definitely, I can, like, even now, I can see that I'm very quick to anger and I get like very angry very easily over like stupid things so uh it doesn't really ever go away unfortunately I guess that's well meditation helps actually but that's what I guess a lot of dudes have to go through they're just constantly angry like why are we so mad all the time I don't even know so yeah emotional changes uh do you experience anything how about like pain yourself um, like I said, I don't really get angry. I think I get like a little bit annoyed. I think at the beginning I was, my body was still figuring out like what's going on, you know, all these two hormones battling together. Um, I got emotional for a little while as it was kind of leveling off. I still kind of am just an emotional person and I am, I'm working on that. Um, but nothing as drastic as it was before. So, but the anger thing, like it depends, like I might get a little, short but i'm not going to get super angry unless it's like a legitimate reason but a lot of the time i think i just feel the pain more than the anger but it just depends like i know the beginning it was an adjustment so maybe i was a bit more angry then than i am now but like i said i'm I'm kind of a level-headed person for the most part and there's not much really to make me angry some reasons of course aiden might know but um <laughs> Yeah, I noticed a few things for sure early on. Now it's not so much, but I just always had emotions and I, I'm i more sensitive than angry. So those are kind of where I lean on that one. But sure, sometimes I might have gotten a bit angry, but I, I let it go depending on what it is. So mm-hmm, For sure. Um, yeah, so these are all really good points. I'm glad that we got to talk about them a bit more in depth and I hope that they all helped. I mean, some more basic and some more complex some we notice more easily physically etc um i was happy about all of them except for the acne the body odors maybe the cholesterol a little bit the oil the curves a little bit the beginning you know a couple of those things but a lot of it was pretty much what i expected and some not so we kind of rolled with it the hair growth like i said is one that i'm still figuring out because i'm haven't adjusted the fact that i'm more of a furry person than some people that i know but i'm rolling with it and then, like the rest, kind of were what I imagined and and prepared for. Um, I definitely was asked a bit about my first dose, some common questions, and of course, when I was starting off, I had no hesitation at all. Um, like, would you mind giving yourself a shot every month forever? And I was like, sure thing, you know. And 
it, it was great and I don't mind it at all. And I was totally okay with it. And I still am. So it was a lot of mental and emotional changes too. And you have to be ready for them. Um, but in the end it pays off. And I think doing a little bit of reading and kind of preparing yourself helps. So when you finally start, it's not so much of a shock um, to your system, but there's some things I didn't know about either until I started, but some of the basics I figured out and it made it that much easier. Um, so, and is there anything else you want to talk about Aiden before we close off? Hmm, for sure. Like, I 100% agree. There are always the positives and downsides to everything. And we got to experience the best of both worlds. So now we're like, we're happier than we were six years ago. And we've definitely come a long way. And I guess the downside is injecting yourself every <laughs> seven days or 10 days for myself. But it's like a, a lifelong commitment. And it's something that we're happy to do because it's something that we have to, you know, obviously address and deal with. And it's the one thing that is making us happy and it's making us who we are. And yeah, we've definitely come a long way. And that's, I guess, all I have to say for today. This was definitely a longer podcast than usual. Um, but yeah, do you have any other thing to, <laughs> anything else to say to wrap it up? No, I, I'm, I know it was a bit longer, but I'm hoping that we covered a lot of really good points and I think that it'll really help. So um, thanks for listening, guys. And I hope that it really helped. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, let us know. Even other topics you want us to cover. And thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you, guys. Don't forget to give us a five-star on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to this podcast. For sure. We'll see you guys again next week. Later. Bye, guys. <laughs>